Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, people, I, um, because I said first hour, I got out of the hospital a year ago. I, uh, I started going to the gym. I mean, I've been a member. This is no lie. I've been a member for this gym for about a year. I have never gone in. The only time I've went is when the lovely Joanne is in town, and I go, I'm a member. Can she get a guest pass? So we were going, and my whole thing was, I don't know if I was afraid, or I don't, I don't think I'm afraid the guy's going to beat me up, or I don't know, but... And my excuse was I didn't have sneakers, which is the biggest bull crap. Because, I mean, I have, you know, and my ex- I mean, I wear Chuck Taylors and I have all uh, 12 different pairs of that stuff. But I, I didn't have any workout sneakers. So Joanne's, and I didn't have shorts. I didn't, I didn't have workout shorts. So Joanne was here on, on Sunday and she goes, we're going to get you sneakers. You have to go to the gym. So I got the sneakers and I and I got the ch- the pants and I, and I went into the gym yesterday and it's in Burbank and first of all here's my thing it, it was fun I mean I, I've never when worked out I think the last time I worked out I was like five and I, I was a very ripped five I could bench like 18 and I think I weighed like 23 so that's pretty good but I sat there and I did the, the bike for like 15 minutes the sitting down bike and the, the treadmill for 10 just to start I'm gonna go every other day but one thing about going to the gym in Burbank is this. There's there's a lot of guys who are wearing tank tops who should not be wearing them. Okay, and I'm not going to say what nationality they are, but I think some of them were actually wearing sunglasses when they were working out. I'm surprised they weren't smoking cigarettes. But they're they're flabby. And the other thing is, they're just, they have like these hairy shoulders. Now, I'm a hairy guy, but I manscape. I, I don't want hair on my back. You know, and if I had hair, a lot of hair on my back, I wouldn't wear a tank top but it was just it was just it was amazing that these people i guess they have no self-conscious or they think they're impressing someone but enough about that of course because my guests i could tell my guest works out because you're 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 you he's got big arms his name's you know richard's richard rucolo yeah i mean yeah i have so many gym stories um i however do not wear a tank top good Um, but you could because you you're you're big yeah but there's a there's there's a kind of a douche line that you can cross very quickly very very quickly um and only so many uh guys there can can really pull it off um but if if you could hear my inside voice when i'm at the gym i am screaming at people um nothing against the the voluptuous ladies but one of my biggest pet peeves is going to the gym and watching uh the ladies reading a magazine on the bicycle and I always say to my wife, if you are able to follow an article while you are on that bike, you're you're not working out. Right. You need to be sweating and just pedaling away. And there's so many frustrating things that oh, well, I could write an entire well, book. That's funny. Well, that's like my girlfriend says. My girlfriend, <sighs> she'll sit there and she won't text me. She'll text me every once in a while when she's at the gym. But she's like, I'm doing my abs, you know, wherever I'm doing the elliptical, I can't text you, whatever. But she said the things that bothers her is, one is the women or the men who put too much perfume or cologne on. Oh, yeah, and yeah. She said, it's, you're on the treadmill and you just dracar or yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's like, you've gone to the gym. You're not supposed to spell nice. Well, they, they, they you know, uh, right. they really use it to... to Pick up. I mean, <laughs> I, my wife and I go together and I watch... I, it's like watching a cheetah... Uh, sort of hunt down its prey and I see them across the room and I watch them move in and I sort of giggle about it because she uh, she does this thing where she she sort of tears off her uh, her her headphones in a sort of annoying way and looks at them and goes what right and that usually usually chases them away um, 
yesterday she had some guy offer her ice. I don't know what that was about, but um, a lot of guys really do, as pathetic as it sounds, they use it as yeah, a well, pickup place. Yeah, they'd say, yeah, but I guess that so. and Trader Joe's. Yeah, well, no, actually, you know, you know, actually, I'll tell you one thing, and, and this is, and you know, I would never cheat on the lovely Joanne. You people know that, even though she's thousands of miles away. I'll tell you, I live in Burbank, and uh, Trader well, Trader Joe's is fine, but I'll tell you. Uh, the sprouts. Have you been to sprouts up here in Burbank? I have not. Well, I try to stay away from. But the, the produce is the best. I go because it's great price and it's beautiful produce and it's nice stuff. But that's one of the places where there's a lot of good-looking women in there. It's weird. You go what? You walk in. You go. It's either old foreign ladies or good-looking women. Well, it's a safe place, isn't it? To yeah. to sort of chat somebody up. It's very. It's not intimidating. No. It's not a bar. It's not. You know, there are. It's a very good way to sort of hit on someone without actually. Yeah. You know, you chat them up. Exactly. Um, but you know, I tell my friends, I go, go, you guys don't shop, you're shopping, you don't, go to, don't go to John's. John's. Don't, you know, it smells like Dracar and, and Marlboro. Don't go I mean, there. by the way, we're, no, one, no one talks to me. They talk to my wife. I mean, I never get, it's not me that's going to Trader Joe's and getting hit on. Right. It's, it's, it's pretty much her. Well, but she's oblivious to it. She really is. She's a beautiful, beautiful, that's beautiful woman. That's good, though, that she doesn't know. Oh, yeah, she's until they start going. Oh, I wanted this guy over for dinner. He's a really nice guy. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, she's she's come close. What are you doing? I gotta tell you, this is so funny. And you know, if, if someone had asked me in the beginning of 2013 that by June I would have two graduates of Cherokee High School on my show, <laughs> it'd be unbelievable. Because now Brian Herslinger, who yeah, he, yeah, yeah, Brian yeah. was on, right? And, and I'm friends with Jay Black. And now, if you don't know, Richard is from Marlton, which is right next to the town I grew up in, Cherry Hill. And that's, I think I found your name on Facebook. You see, yeah, yeah. Because I think you did something with Glenn Farrington. Who, oh, I did, yeah. Glenn, Glenn wrote a script, right. and uh, a casting director had called me and said, will you uh, sort of read this out loud with a, a, a cast? And, and I read it, and it was, it was really funny. And... Uh, and yeah, that was that was about it. We got together and sort of read it out loud for for an audience, and that's that's how we met. He's such a sweet guy. Oh, he's great. He was. I mean, I did stand up with him years ago. Yeah. And, and, but I saw your name, and then I, I saw and I knew your career, and then because it's funny, I do, you're the one. Yeah. No. You, it's, <laughs> I mean, you you've constantly worked. I mean, that's that's get real. I mean, you're the, the yeah, thing is, are, right? the, the thing is, people sometimes don't understand. You know, I mean. And I remember you from it. So I sunny Philadelphia. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was sitting there going, I know that guy. And then it because you know when I I didn't watch a lot of TV because. I was doing comedy all the right. time. But then as I see your your IMDB, you did Wendell and Vinny. Yeah, yeah. Great, great Steve people. Scrovan was just on last week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rose Abdu was on a few times, which is uh, my good friend's wife. She's I had there. such a great time on that show. Um, I had done a series with Nicole Sullivan, who's on that show. Um, and uh, it was the first time we worked together since we finished the series. And it was so much fun just we were able to play which i hadn't been able to do since 2010 and uh yeah great just great people really smart smart writers over there now you're from cherokee you yep. went to cherokee you're from you now you grew up in marlton grew up in marlton yeah i was actually born in camden uh grew up right outside of camden new jersey pensalkin uh, uh yeah right in pensalkin right on the border and my dad got us out of there when i was i was about seven or eight uh, and that's when we moved to Marlton. See, so. my parents didn't. When I was one and a half, and I'm the youngest, our parents moved from Pensacola to Cherry Hill. Yeah, 
Now, did you always want to act, or when you were a kid, did you see something that made you want to act, or what made you pursue this? Because it's so different in high school. I mean, were you always big, because you got big arms, were you always a big guy? Did you play sports in high school? I did. I played sports in high school, but only reluctantly, because my brothers played sports, and I wanted to be one of the cool kids. Um, so I sort of did it for the wrong reasons. Um, but it, my last year, my final year... Uh, in high school, or my junior year, actually, my junior year in high school, uh, someone heard me singing and brought me to uh, the the music teacher down there. Now, were you just, were, did you sing around the house, or were you in class was, or choir? Or? <laughs> it's just, I would do these singing impersonations, impersonations. Like, like a better because it's embarrassing, of Rick Astley. Okay, it's not bad. No, it was, it's, it's horrible now. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but what this girl this girl that uh that i was friends with her her name was liat wortham liat was like you know i know you're just sort of singing as a goof but you can actually sing so she wanted me to meet the uh the the music teacher and that was i was just graduating uh junior year and uh i went down to the music teacher and he said yeah you're in you're in if you want to be in concert choir you're in I didn't know what that was. I just knew that my senior year would be a little easier if I took that class. Right. And I took that class, and it was I was just a fish out of water. I quit every sport I was I was doing. Senior year went into to the concert choir audition for Oklahoma. Oklahoma. See, I do my research. Yeah, and <laughs> and I got the lead, and it was that uh, experience that made me say I want to do this for the rest of my life so it just changed you stupidest stupidest decision come on (laughs) jeez you're out in California you have a beautiful wife and you've been on TV yeah oh my god yeah oh it's such a heart wrenching business though It's, it's you know the dreams are so so wonderful and you know a lot of my dreams came true um and you know anybody says uh do you do you love what you do yeah I love what I do do you love acting Uh, yeah i love acting when you're doing it it's the in-between times right that i don't think anybody's really prepared for and it's very difficult to explain to someone who's not in the industry and that's when i did stand-up comedy on the road back in the day before i got the business it was the same thing you know it was you love being on stage but it was just all the crap that went on and people go oh well you only work a half an hour and no you don't and, and it's also it's very lonely you know you're on the road with a guy you hate yeah yeah oh god you know we've got to share a condo with this guy this dumbass and you you sit there and and with acting right there's and even in acting when you when you're doing a show there's downtime no it's 99 percent of the time in this business and you're stuck waiting. on the set you can't just leave you're waiting even waiting. when you're working you're waiting right. you're always waiting you're always sort of waiting to do something so you you graduate Cherokee so I graduate there now, do you go to college or do you say I'm going straight in acting I tried to go to uh, 13th grade which was Camden County Community College That's so, it's so funny you say that because I remember we used to when it was comedy the, the host of the comedy factor out used to go oh isn't that just high school with ashtrays it's high school with ashtrays <laughs> or 13th grade um, so I tried that for uh, I think about a year or something and um, the, the, the the theater program director there was so it just she just put a bad taste in my mouth and I just quit and uh, I hated it. I hated everything about... I remember she said, you're never going to make it in this business if you don't listen to me. But her advice and her... It was just, I smelled crap. Well, be- doesn't it bother you that you're sitting there, this lady saying you're never going to make it, and she's teaching 
theater at Camden County. You know, even back then, that was my thought. I, I, I was. It was just there was a very, there was a very uh, bitter, uh, a, a bitter way about her that that really made me say, uh, sort of screw this. I'm going to go do this myself, and okay. I did, and I and I quit, and I started um, auditioning for just any theater job that would have me in philly in philly and and that's what i wound up doing dinner theater which is horrific but at the same time the most wonderful experience of my life where did you dinner theater at what town was like valley forge or was one of those no it was in center city it was a riverfront uh dinner theater and i also did one uh three little bakers in uh delaware okay um and then some regional theater in uh what's that that beautiful westmont theater uh uh yeah yeah it hadn't field uh, colonial uh, theater yeah whatever it was I i did some theater there all of that led me to uh getting a manager in Philadelphia, okay. Who then sent me to New York? So he sent you to New York. Now, when you get now, do you move to New York or you stay in? I stay in Jersey. Um, I either took the bus, uh, I took the park and ride. I would go drive up to North Bergen. I would jump on the bus, go through the tunnel. Sometimes I would be in that city for three minutes, literally three minutes. I would, I would drive my car all the way up the turnpike, go to North Bergen, hop on the park and ride, go through the tunnel, get out of Port Authority, walk to my audition, be in there for three minutes, walk back to Port Authority, take the bus. Get back in my car and drive home. So you were dedicated. I mean, it's, it takes it takes a lot of. It work. took a lot. Now, were you? What were you auditioning for? Were you auditioning for? At that t- time, I was auditioning for mostly commercials. Some every once in a while, I would uh, I would audition for Broadway, uh, which was just really tough. And uh, I remember my 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 manager at the time uh, said, "I don't know if you're going to do well in commercials," and she was really reluctant, and I wound up being her highest commercial booking client. How many auditions did, would you say it took you till you booked that first commercial? Because there's all different stories. There's a guy named Chip Chinnery who did like 149 auditions, and he booked like 12 nationals in a year. Yeah, I don't – probably half a year's worth, but even, even when I came to L.A., I got extremely, extremely lucky. I know I'm jumping ahead in your sort of chronology here, but um, – Pretty quickly, um, it was Diet Coke. It was my first commercial, um, and then after that, I sort of gained a confidence of, oh, I I know what I'm doing here. Right, I know what I do. And then it, subsequently, I don't know. I wound up doing like 15 or so. So you were doing 15 commercials. Now, did you ever at that time move from Jersey to Never. New York? So you were you were going from you were booking these commercials. Yeah, and they're probably shooting in New York. They I were guess. shooting in, in and around New York. Sometimes Boston. Okay. Sometimes some other places. Yeah. And so you booked like what were some of the products besides Pepsi? Oh, jeez, uh, Diet Coke, Wendy's, Skittles, um, okay, Green so, Midland Bank. Uh, Jack, uh, so you're remember. making good money. So yeah, so by I guess by uh, twenty twenty two twenty two, I'm living off of. Uh, m- this career okay and uh, that's I think when when my father's eyes sort of opened and, and he was sort of like wait what How? I, right. don't, I don't understand um, but still they were very my, my parents were sort of very against me even going into this industry um, sort of now in hindsight I understand right. why when, you, when you're when you're 18 17, 18 you're just invincible you're absolutely invincible um and then that was it. And then I, if you did all your research, I wound up, I wound up auditioning for uh, 
a role in the film 12 Monkeys. Okay, because that was shot in Philadelphia with Wanna Maker. Right, I so okay. I wound up auditioning for a role in 12 Monkeys, and I didn't get the part. And uh, one of my managers called and said, would you be interested in standing in for Bruce Willis? Okay. And I was like, huh. Oh. I mean, he's another Jersey guy. I mean, right. just a hero. I mean, Bruce Willis is just Bruce Willis. Yeah, exactly. He's like the king of South Jersey. Right. So I, uh, I was like, yeah. They said, well, they're auditioning for the stand-in roles. I was like, all right, that's weird. So I go in, and uh, I had already met with Terry Gilliam at the, uh, at the original audition. And um, I go in, and there's about four guys. I'm, I'm sort of the wrong height. I'm sort of the wrong weight. I'm sort of the wrong age. Every guy there is sort of his age, his height, his exact match, except for me. And um, there's about four or five of us, and they have to put bald caps on all the guys so they can do a sort of screen test. Okay. And they're in the makeup trailer, and they're trying to put these bald caps on guys with hair, which is pretty impossible and it looked pretty crappy yeah i know this is a bald cap but it took all day <laughs> it's, it's good it's good um and uh so i turned to the woman who started to put the bald cap on my head and i said just shave off on my head shave it take it off was your hair longer at the time or was it like yeah it, it was a little longer than it is okay. now and she looked at me like i was crazy i was like honestly just shave it all off take it all off and i shaved my entire head right there and I walked out and I remember the first day he looked at me and went oh man what did you do I was like it's no big deal it's hair it'll, it'll grow back and they lined us up and uh, Terry Gilliam looked at me and smiled that I that I did that and he gave me the job really yeah and I, I know why because there was so much involved with doing this stand-in work which was also double work and sitting in the mud and sitting in the cold and doing and being in this, these I did so many things 78 days of working in and around this huge movie with these huge stars it put me through film school they paid me to okay. go through film school and it was it was incredible and Bruce Willis would look at the list of the shots and he would go Richie can do that Richie can do that Richie can do that they put me in his clothes in his whatever it was in his uh whatever he was wearing right. or what, and I would do the shots that were really really far away or I would, I would be his arm or I would be his shoulder or his his hand and it was just amazing because I, I left there after that and knew everything there was to sort of making a movie you really were on set for a big movie and every day you're doing something and you're learning that technical aspect because I mean I know people who have come from theater and they would sit there when the first time they they try to do TV or whatever they're like well what's a mark what's this? yeah and it so was it was amazing I mean I was like a sponge and when you're when you're doing when you're doing that for when you're photo doubling and and being a stand-in they, they joked because they had to hire a stand-in for the stand-in because I was doing so much doubling work okay that they had to get another guy to do the stand-in work because I was out with B unit shooting other stuff as Bruce Willis and um, it, I mean at, at the, he was just he was great to me he was such a wonderful giving awesome guy to me um, and uh, I just came out of there knowing so much right so much it was you're in when you're standing in you're in literally literally in the center of their universe because if they're shooting Bruce 
he's in the center of you're in the center of everything and it was just amazing well see so yes i mean and plus it was learning because you had commercial theater background but this is a completely different completely different world but now now you focused you you know everything you know i walk out of that world and it doesn't intimidate me because i know exactly i know the terminology i know i just knew so much at that point so it wraps the the the, the wraps so it wraps and now when do you decide to come to la and now you're still living in well because shot in philadelphia you're still in new jersey you're actually Mm -hmm. you have a career going being an actor and living in South Jersey, which you don't hear a lot about. Yeah, the, 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 the girl who was taking care of me, my angel on my right shoulder, her name is Angela Deegan, and uh, she, she said to me point blank, if you want to do this, you got to move to L.A. Okay. And Had you ever been out here before? Never. Okay. I had one friend out here, um, and I... I'm still really, really close with him today. Um, and uh, isn't that good? I think that's a South Jersey thing. Like your your friends. What's well, like, the difference between yeah, sort I mean, of here? And I, there, I yeah. went back. I went back a few weeks ago, and I went to a Phillies game, and I went with we got my friend Mark Esposito. I've known him since we were <laughs> six. Yeah. Okay. I'll be fifty at in at the end of October. I've known this guy forty four years. I'm sitting here talking to you know someone like a comic, and now I go, I've known this guy you know twenty years before you were even born. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's so, been twenty something years, and it's sort of the difference. It's, it, and it takes a long time. I've been here for. 16, 17 years now. And, you know, it takes, that's an adjustment that you have to make West Coast to East Coast oh, is yeah. you really have to, there's a, <laughs> there's a learning curve to oh, Los totally. Angeles. It's completely different. When it comes to relationships. Um, so you move, you decide to move out. Yeah, so I move out here. Do you live with him or do you find your own place? I crash on his couch for about a week. Then I, uh, an ex-girlfriend had to go back to the East Coast for a month. So I crash at her place okay. for a month. And then I find my own place. And that's October. Where was it at? Uh, West Hollywood. Laurel okay. Laurel Ave is right, uh, right by Fairfax okay. and Sunset. First place. And I found this incredible rent control. It was just amazing. Um, and uh, so that's end of October. I move out here. So November, December. Uh, by December, I'm in my own place. Now, did you were you uh, pursuing an agent or management at the time? Or yeah, I I was. There was I was turned down by every agent in town. Okay, every single agent in town, um, and uh, finally found one to sign me. I think in January, but right before I left to go back home for the holidays, um, I book my first thing in Los Angeles. Well, actually, the first thing that I booked in Los Angeles was a stage play, which I thought, oh, this is ironic. I come out here to do TV and I wind up doing theater. <laughs> um, and so I did that. But then the second thing within my first month was I booked a guest star on Beverly Hills 90210. And I sort of go go back home to Jersey sort of with that news. And I'm scheduled to shoot it in January. Uh, so I shoot that in January. And pilot season, which I, I have no idea what that is at this okay. point. I no, but Beverly Hills was on at the time. Huh? Beverly Hills was running at the time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and my scenes were with Jenny Garth and uh, Kathleen Robertson, and sort of my first TV gig. I mean, it was just, it was amazing, but again, I sort of at least had a sense of how things were done. Um, pilot season comes around. I don't even know, I have no idea what pilot okay. season is. Um, find this agent that reluctantly signs me, and... So it's January, February. I go in, and 
I auditioned for Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place, and I get the pilot. See, okay, so you got the pilot. Now that must have been just crazy because that, that that was your first. Was that your first audition for a pilot ever? I mean, I had other pilot auditions, not many. Okay, but um, I mean, they were having having problems finding that particular role. All of this is. I know now. I didn't know back then. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clue. Um, I, I really didn't even know how to do comedy. I just, it wasn't something that I ever did or even focused on. So, uh, so I go in and, and there was about six auditions after that for the same role. And it went through a bunch of different, it's just a miracle that it made it on the air. It was made for Fox. Um, and, uh, Fox wanted to schedule it against Friends at the time. The producer, Danny Jacobson, at the time said, no way. They held on to it. Uh, Peter Roth, who's in charge of Warner Brothers, who at that time was running Fox Network, gave Danny Jacobson 24 hours to sell the pilot. That was it. He said, we'll let go of it. Well, you got 24 hours to sell it, if you can sell it. And within 24 hours, Jamie Tarzis, uh, who was the president at ABC at the time, bought the pilot okay and that's how it wound up at abc um how how that happened again i had no clue what was going on this is just what happens you come out and you book a pilot well what was your reaction when you booked a pilot was it like wow or were you just like i don't know or you like well the chances i mean because you didn't you didn't know a lot about hollywood so you probably think you know the chances of a pilot getting picked i had up no idea what the odds were okay i had no idea in fact i didn't understand what the odds were until Probably three years after the show left the air. Okay. And I was sort of out there. Um, I did all of my learning on the back end instead of the front end. The front end was a lot of fake it until you make it. Um, but I had no idea. I thought that's just what you do. You get a show and then it lands on the air. So you booked that and now it's on ABC. It's on and ABC. It was you. It was Ryan Reynolds. Trailer Howard. Yeah. Trailer's a girl from Monk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was Castle in it? He, because uh, I saw, I was reading the credits on it. it was, yeah, yeah, he was in it for I don't know how many years he was in it. Okay, uh, but I think it was made a series regular, either the last season or I don't really remember. So you've been here for a few months, and all of a sudden you're on a TV yeah, show, yeah, right, yeah, and not just in a, a TV show on ABC, right, and which was it was it was play for what three or four years? It was on for four seasons, yeah. yeah. So people were watching it. So because there was like now it must have been first of all. I mean, first of all, I can imagine when you, if you want when you went back to Marlton, you were probably like, oh, yeah, it was, it's like just something different. Yeah, but it was such a such a strange reaction. It really was strange because um, people knew you and now and like teachers and all, then they see you on TV. And yeah, yeah, people going back in the town and and going back home, being recognized with people you don't know in Philly and and and. I think the strangest thing was getting Mex- getting noticed at the Mexican food factory. That's, <laughs> that's, that's which I believe can't believe is still standing. The I most, mean, the, the most racist name ever. Nothing can tear that place down. Olga's diner is gone, but the Mexican uh, food factory. Well, technically, still there. it's still. Oh yes, that's disgusting. Still standing. I, I do twenty. I do so much time without that. That when I go back there. Um, so you go back. So yeah, but people are recognized. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest surprise was close family. And friends, that was sort of the 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 hiccup for me. That uh, you know, there's there's the there's the, the sort of the fame side of everything where you 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 have to you have to be able to go through that bubble to understand everything. So there's again, there's another learning curve. And at the time, it's great, and you're sort of you know uh, intoxicated with this 
uh, fame drug and it's just I mean it's all crap in the end it really is it's, right. it doesn't mean anything and but at the time you are fantastic I mean you are just everything that everybody tells you we, and it must be because how old were you at the time I was 26 okay so you're 26 you're making money that you didn't make in theater no, I mean, you, you, you can't even you can't even comprehend the money right you're 26 years old you're just a kid from Marlton who was doing dinner theater and just mm-hmm. learned and loved being a stand-in mm-hmm. and you come into LA and in, in no time no time you're making all this money mm-hmm. and you're on a TV series <laughs> And the funny thing is, you don't really even know how to do comedy. Nope. So you're sitting there going... I'm pretty much watching Ryan okay. and learning as I go. You know, I'm taking advice from Ryan. I'm, I'm listening to... Now, did he have a comedy background or... None. Okay. No, None. him. Oh, him? Yeah. Um, I know he had done uh, a comedy pilot the year before okay. that. So he was in a comedy uh, before that. So he sort of had... And, and Ryan had been in the business since he was like 15 years I didn't old. Know, okay. Yeah, so he, he really had a good understanding of how everything worked. He, he just, you know, he was 20 years old at the time, but read like he was 30. He just knew okay. everything. Um, so it was, and even Trailer, Trailer was on Boston Common before that. So there was a lot of just sort of observing and trying to understand what to do and thankfully writers that are trying to write towards my strength okay at the time which i don't even know if i knew yeah but, they, but, but you know. it's just the way it is but it also must be 26 and you're in in the town and this is a town i always i always, I always put it about this town that's what i say about this town you tell me if you <laughs> I'm I'm, so you, you many went, things you went through you went you went through this i always say that i think a lot of people don't change when they some do, but they're pricks. But a lot of people don't change when they get a break. And, but I think the people around them change because the people around them say, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. You know, he won't return my calls now. But the thing is, before you got the break, they weren't calling you. Well, here's the thing is you say that's, that's what I was leading up to. When, when I said the family and, and close friends is what sort of jolted me the most was it was people that would go, don't change on me, man. And you're... It's such an awkward, odd thing to say. Or, oh, hey, Mr. Hollywood. And there's this real sort of, I don't know what it is, but anybody who says, hey, man, don't change on me, you sort of in your head go, but I'm not. not. You're changing by saying that to me. Why would you ask me that? Why would you even say that to me? So it it was a lot of that. It was going to my brother's weddings or christenings and uh family members that i really didn't know that well that you know as soon as the opportunity took place people asking for photos with me and you feel like because you're with family it's a safe place right and this isn't my wedding this is my brother's wedding right this isn't it's not about me this isn't about me so you automatically feel really, really awkward. Well, I would think also it must have been weird, and thank God for you, that like something like TMZ wasn't around then. Because back then, they, if you, let's say you went to the wedding and you got drunk, or let's say you went to the yeah. Marlton Pub or whatever that place is called, yeah. and you got a little hammered. Back then, people would be like, take a picture, and they would go, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. TMZ, this guy's drunk. Look, you know this guy from a uh, Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, that 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 there's a, so much that in the span of 10 years, there's, everything has changed so much um yeah 
I mean, yeah, no. I mean, there's 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 a good side of it and there's a bad side of it. There wasn't um, there wasn't a lot of outlets to sell yourself if you needed to sell yourself on a publicity side, um, but you did get more privacy. Right. Um, there are so many outlets now, Twitter and and and, and other things that are you're able to uh, sort of showcase yourself outside of the show, even Facebook. You know, unfortunately back then, you know, there was barely an internet. It's very hard to keep in touch with. Look how you found me. Right. You know, it's very hard. I'm trying to so I mean, okay, I know the name. So yeah, it's, right. it's, it makes for me booking my guests. I mean, this show, I mean, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have had, I mean, and the guests, a lot of them, I do get from comics like I knew Adam McKay and people like that. I know these guys, but they're old school friends, but I just send people a blind Right. How message. great is that though? You and just reach great. out and go, I mean, you know, you just, I go, people go, how'd you get, how'd you get Tom Dreesen to be on your show? Which one of the best? I asked him. I sent him a message. I said, here's who's been on my show. I would love to have you on. Right. It's an hour. You know, it's none. You know, it's not morning, especially for comics. It's not right. morning radio because they don't want to. They don't want to do the morning. Hey, they don't want to do their. Pitch. I said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you? I did. I said, well, let's do the one o'clock because I'm. Oh not. No, 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 I mean more. No, I don't mean morning. I mean morning radio. And in the, in the comics is a format where it's like, hey, it's oh, right, right, so right, comic right, right, right. and they want to do bits. I tell comics when they come on, I say, no, no, no don't do not bits. Doing bits. We're not because right, right. my show and I, I try to convey that to people. Like, oh, so it's a comedy. I go, no, my show's not a comedy show. It's an interview show. Right, right. And I said, and I think anything of an actor or who's done comedy or. You know, funny things will come out. You know, but it's not set up. I don't. I right. don't write. I mean, I do. I'll look. At, I looked on Wikipedia, which there's not much on you in there. There's. I stuff, should change but, that, huh? But yeah, I mean, no, I should stuff. get. To, I get home and get to work. But no, but the IMDb is where I get my stuff. Right, right. So you find an idea, and then I see it from Martin. And I don't sit there. I don't have a. I don't write out an interview. I read it, and I know. Okay, he's been in this. He's been in this, and being this, and that's the way it goes. And that's right, right. where it's not like we're not doing a comedy here. You know. Well, in my days when I did more of these, at least you do some sort of research because it is. It can be very. Well, to do research because no. me it comes across one I don't it's first of all I, that's why I do I'm only as hip as my guest because you and it makes you guys do all the work so I can just, <laughs> I can just be here put the onus on my guest but it's just a matter but of, there's the bad version of this too where they just oh I've heard, I've heard yeah, just, it's just it's a, it's a nightmare yeah they don't and they don't even ask like I asked how to pronounce your name because right. like, it's spelled but a lot of people don't even ask so like Richard Rockalaw <laughs> I heard that Rockalaw yeah I, like I said I sort of given up on uh on the pronunciation of my name. So, so when you when you're doing during the time of two girls and a guy, I have two guys are going to pizza place, mm-hmm. which is a very long title. Which oh, is, longest is, ever. You know, it was uh, I titled after the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Now, was it? Uh, did you? Did you? How did it change your life at the time? I mean, just I mean, I did you get a new car? Did you get a oh, new yeah, place? Yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did all that stuff. Um, it it changed my life. 180 degrees it just everything everything changed i mean i wasn't like justin bieber stupid and like you know have ferraris and and stuff i wasn't i still had a very grounded uh looking back i didn't splurge really at all um again i think thanks to ryan and trailer um again i was sort of watching and learning and uh you know, Ryan really wasn't that guy. He wasn't that guy to go and buy a beautiful Ferrari. Okay. Uh, you know, go out and find. He he really wasn't ever uh, sort of doing that that rock star thing, which was good for me. And Trailer also uh, very sort of conservative and and thing. And it was good for me because I was watching and sort of imitating. Had that gone another way, right. could have ended up 
horrible. Now, did you enjoy doing the comedy? Because I mean, your background, you, your background was theater, and your background was commercials, and then the stand-in was just grueling right. work. Did you? I love it. it. I love you, it. Okay, so you really it's my favorite thing ever. Once you got the knack of it, because I mean, I'm sure like it's anything. It's got you, you had to probably, as you said, you, you had never done it before, but you've you seen as someone who picks up fast, so you probably picked it up very fast. And then, so, did you really? Was it something? Yeah, that I learned a lot, even a lot more after I was on the show by sort of looking back and then looking at what was around me, and then especially doing pilots where. Um, it, it, pilots where that were sort of curved where I was uh, sort of handling more of the jokes and, and stuff like that and I was sort of forced to learn how to carry a show which turned out the way it turned out but um, it, it it sort of the, the audience pers- the audience part of it doing it in front of a live audience is the part that I love most. It's it's just I do any show, live audience. I love the energy. I love I just love the energy. I really do. It's really weird because I mean I I mean just last week when my girlfriend was in town, I know the guy who does warm up for Sullivan and Son. Mm-hmm. So we went down and went on Vinny's shoots on the same. Yeah, yeah, and um, and the only last time I was only other time when she was in here last time, I one of the writers from Conan was here, so we went to see that. But the only sitcom stuff I had was going to a live taping was what 12 years ago and my friend did warm up for Titus and it, it is a real there's a really good and it has to do with the warm up like Gary Cannon does a great job and it really is I mean as an actor it's almost it's it seems like it's it's almost better than doing a stand-up set because you guys there's so much energy and you come out and they applaud and then you it's go amazing. and you do the scene and we went for the rehearsal one because the night one was four hours and we want to do two hours whatever and yeah, it must have been especially. I mean, it was, and I got lucky because I did so much theater. the the uh, The format isn't that different. Right. I mean, you're doing a stage show. Exactly. Um, you just have four cameras, but the positioning and working with a live audience is very much the same. Um, I, I get angry when people write, take out the laugh track, and they really don't understand that there are people there laughing. Right, because we were dying, and it was just, it was, right. people were getting into I, it. I understand that it doesn't sound the way at home, but they say, get rid of the laugh right. track, and you go, it's not a track, there's actually people there laughing. Um, so, that part of it, the theater part of it, was, saved me from not making a complete fool of myself. Right, you had that, that I, yeah, at least I knew how to move on a stage stage and and you know it just the it wasn't intimidated by the energy of the audience and wasn't thrown by laughs or claps or whatever it sort of was because i had been through it in in a very smaller version uh had bad audiences right good audiences so for tv they're there to laugh yeah now, when the show gets canceled, did you guys see it coming? Like sometimes people see it coming, or they don't. Or- no, they actually. Um, uh, a friend of mine who still works over at ABC, uh, Vicky Dummer, uh, they made a mistake canceling that show. They know they did afterwards. Um, was it still getting good ratings? It was well. I mean, compared to what ratings are today, I right. mean, it was a smash hit. Um, yeah, pretty good. Uh, I think there was some political stuff going on with uh, Jamie Tarzis leaving the network at the time. Um, Lloyd Braun was taking over. Um, I think he wanted to really make the network his own, and, and there was some of that stuff going on. Uh, the other thing that got us canceled was the influx of reality television. When okay. we got canceled was the exact moment that reality television was okay. at its highest. It was when Survivor 
was insane it, it coming out and they put on uh regis was doing who wants to be a millionaire four nights a week I remember. four nights a week and that's what kicked us off the schedule they had four hours four hours and everybody knew that that was just a disaster waiting right. to happen because they had four empty once it failed they had four empty hours that they had to fill and it, within that they had no comedies that that really worked we were moved 10 times within the four years that we were on and the reason we were sort of called a utility show which means we had a core audience that would follow us no matter where we were at what time right whatever and when things like who wants to be a millionaire uh gets canceled and things like that happen you need those utility shows to fill in the blanks right because the people will watch it. it's like happy endings was like that they kept moving that right same thing happy endings got canceled great show right no matter where you put it right um so they knew afterwards that it was a mistake they should have kept it there's a couple other things they should have probably kept but um they're crazy about the the reality now, how did you react when it got canceled? Did someone call you? Did your agent call you? And did it just, I mean, was it sort of shattering? Or were you like I actually got a or? call from, from Vicky Dummer. Um, I, uh, it wasn't at the time. Um, it wasn't earth shattering. Um, I didn't really expect it. But at the same time, I knew there was other opportunities out there. So I wasn't completely freaked out. By this time, you have some money built up in the bank. You're right. just sort of, you know, you're just sort of whatever. Um, I'm really blown away by it. Um, I know that at that time people wanted me, people were interested, uh, because even when there's a hint of things getting canceled, people start to call. Okay. So you know that there's other stuff out there. Now, did you start doing some pilots then? Or yeah, that's okay. well, I immediately jumped into, excuse me, taking a drink of water. Uh, CBS put me in a, uh, talent holding deal. So I immediately went into a, a talent hole. So that way you have p- people, if you're not familiar, they, they pay you. They pay me to wait around and right. say no or yes to stuff. But see, that's, but that's, that's, but that's got to be a sense of, uh, well, first of all, a sense of accomplishment because you're not going to do it to any schmo. Right. And two, you're not, you don't have to worry about where's the money coming from. Right. So you have this, this, this money that they just sort of hand you, which, by the way, barely happens anymore. You know, right. it, it, it happens, but it, it's very sort of selective. Um, this is still a time where they're just throwing these deals out left and right. Um, so I have a deal with CBS, and uh, I wound up just sort of sticking around for a year, and I wound up attaching myself to a pilot um, Jeff Strauss wrote, and we could not find my wife, the person to play my wife, and it never shot. And then uh, CBS, after that, wanted to re-up the deal, and I wound up going and doing a deal with Werner Brothers after that, and I did a pilot with Andrea Anders called Spellbound, that didn't go. And then this is where it starts, the career starts to sink. Because you start going from a commodity to that guy to high level casting to just casting. How did how does that how do you deal with that? I mean, does is it do you it's feel a disaster. Does, it hit, does it hit like does you have a mental ego? breakdown? Or because I know because I got Brian Dunkelman on who said when he got He was on our show twice. Okay. Well Brian was on him, he said it was it was just, you know, you're like, what the hell? I mean, oh, it's the most horrific thing in the world. <laughs> I so how, do you deal, how do you deal with that? Um, well, me, not well. Uh, I didn't deal with it well at all. I think I uh, inappropriately fired about four agents. Okay. Uh, yelled, screamed, threw temper tantrums. 
Um, well, how do you get through it then? I mean, you're sitting there, I mean, because you, you know, you're, you're, you're seem stable. I mean, well, now, yeah. I mean, how, it's been. How do you get through it? Because then it, it's, I mean, do you sit there and did you look in the mirror one day and say, okay, you know what? No, I'm it doesn't. Being a, I'm being a dick now, or you say, I, I got to change if I want to get my career back on track. I think you, I mean, I look back now, I'm able to look back now and go, oh man, I was such a dick. Uh, but at the time, you're still in your bubble, and you're okay. living in your bubble, and you're sort of oblivious to your bubble is getting smaller and smaller. You can't understand. You're like it's, it's a strange feeling because you're like I'm the same. I'm the same guy I right. was three years ago. Nothing has changed. Why don't you want me anymore? Why? Why? And a lot, you know, it's the, the this this industry sort of. You know, anybody who thinks uh, they sort of look at someone and say, we're going to make this guy a star, isn't really correct. I mean, stars are m- made by the, the, the market. The market decides right. who the star is, and then everyone else sort of takes credit for it, or it looks like they were an overnight success, or it looks like this person really believed in this person and built them up and made them a star. It's not, it's not really the case. Um, had something hit, and I was on a series that was getting any sort of noise none of that would have changed right um but everybody who is in the 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 hiring position or the gatekeepers as we call them um are afraid of losing their own job right okay so it's you know if i'm not hitting and there's no real buzz about me they don't that why you know, I just be, I just become a risk like everything else. So you go through all this, and you know you go through much Now you ended up on Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, did you have to go through a long audition for process that, or did they know I, of you, or did someone? Well, say, hey, I, they cool. knew they knew of me. Um, um, I actually did a pilot with Andrea Anders years before. Um, Peter Roth knew me. Uh, uh, I think it was Tony Sepulveda, Mary Buck, all those people over there knew me, and I t- had to test for the role which was strange and it was me Luke Perry it's always some sort of 90210 thing in my that's life funny, right? that's funny um, uh, it was me Luke Perry and Dan Cortez two of the nicest guys right. you'll ever meet in your life by the way um, yeah and we had to sort of test for this this role I don't think they knew what they wanted um, but they got me so. so you did that, but so then, then that had to bring your confidence back a little bit because you got, I mean, you know, and it's the same thing. I'm sure, you know, you went through your show. Luke Perry must have been going through the same thing too. Yeah, Dan of course. Cortez was going, I mean, he was, aren't you hungry? But then he was at Burger King, but then he was also on Desperately Seeking Susan. So right, right, it's right. all, everyone was coming off a series. So you do that. Now, how, now how, that, that show didn't last that long though, Joey. Am I right? Yeah, no. No, I think it only lasted two two seasons. Yeah. Now, yeah. fast forward a few years, okay, and you end up on Rita Rocks. Now, is is oh, that's I'm so humbled at that point. Well, well, just but you were still you were doing some working. I mean, but you were just yeah. But there's a huge gap between. Okay. Now, what I are you doing at the time? Are you auditioning? Or are you feeling oh, yeah, sorry I'm, for yourself, I'm, or just or are you booking commercials? Just no. I mean, in 2006, I think I. In 2006, I went back and counted. On 2006, I think I had. 40 something pilot auditions um six tests no job okay and that was that was the the breakdown moment was 2006 okay it was just it was just maddening and then after that um i started working sort of less and less but there was also a calm 
that was starting to come over me because I had come out of this really bad place and really made a decision at that point to go, all right, get yourself together and really don't treat people. You can't have temper tantrums and you can't do this and you can't do that. And this is what you're doing right. And this is what you're doing wrong. It really had to. And most importantly, really remember that there is no magic equation right for there's so much luck and i think also for you it must have been also you you i mean looking back i mean no a number number sits there and thinks that but you were you were on a hit show i mean that's the thing is like you you've done more than most of this town you were i mean it's i mean i know so many comics who get pilots and it never paid i mean you were actually on a show so mm-hmm. i think and i think probably now you look at it and go god i'm lucky but i'm sure at the time no at the time like, you oh. weren't i wasn't i was just oblivious to it i had right, no okay. idea um i wish you know i'm sort of doing all my suffering on the on the back end um but a lot of stuff came out of that bad stuff a lot of stuff great stuff came out of a really bad relationship i was in a lot of bad things uh made me who i am right now and okay. who i am right now is the happiest person in the See, world it, all, it always comes on so well, how did reader rocks happen because now that, that was on nick or was that that was on lifetime now did you oh, okay now now was you were feeling you you had the calm already so you probably you probably just yeah i was when calm you i was calm sort of panicking a little bit um and there was another writer strike going on at the time and um i remember i was at disneyland with my girlfriend at the time wife now and uh, my manager called me and said, would you be interested in doing a comedy for Lifetime? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Does it pay? That was pretty much it. And uh, I went in and I had to read and I read and had to test, tested. And it wound up being the happiest I had ever been on a show in my life. It was just amazing. The people were amazing. With that show, and I think it probably was also you, you were also more mature, and I was so much more mature. Right, I mean, I was so mature, and I so appreciated every morsel of it. You've been humbled a little bit, but you're sitting there, but right. now, you, but then now you were like, once again, you're you're on a TV show, and that I mean, that's something to be so proud of. But I think when you've been on something, then you just you know you don't, you don't do anything, then you sit there and go. I think now you probably appreciate it a lot more. Well, now I appreciate could. it so much more and have a lot more fun with it and realize that it can all go away the next day. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And Nicole Sullivan wound up being one of my greatest friends. And it was just really wonderful. So that ran for two years. So that ran for two years. Yeah. Okay. Now it probably is a different crowd. Cause you have a lifetime crowd. There's probably a lot of like, like, I mean, were you, you were probably recognized by a different crowd than when you're at ABC. I don't know. You just sort of turn into... That's sort of a weird thing because the audiences are so sort of selective. Okay. Um, But what you just become in that situation, the same thing with Nicole, is you're sort of put back into everybody's frontal lobe. So you become more recognizable, but what they think they recognize you from is the show that they're not watching. Okay. It's, you know, with Nicole, it's like, Hey, you are on Mad TV. Hey, you were on King of Queens. And not mentioning what they're on right now, but it's sort of, you know, because there's posters and promos and and everything. It's not something that a lot of people watch, but your face is out there again. 
So, okay, we have about eight minutes left. See, time flies. Oh, I told you, I will not shut up. No, I would not, sit here all day Hey, if I, if, I, if I had the studio, I'd do it, and I'd compilate <laughs> it now. But, okay, so after that show goes off, was you weren't as lost, though, as you were when, uh, I'm sure, you were a lot, I mean, it was frustrating, probably, but you probably, it wasn't the same, you weren't the same person as when your old series went off. No, I was, I was back, I was already in, all right, back of the line mode, which okay. was, you know, I know what's coming now. It's, um... Uh, doing a a comedy on sort of an obscure network there weren't a lot of uh cable comedies at the time okay not a lot of people watched it i knew i wasn't going to come off this show and offers were going to be flying sort of through the door um so i knew that i was really sad that that show got canceled i know that must suck especially because you you really enjoyed it and it seemed mm-hmm. like a good thing it's like you know as i said my guest yesterday was wrote him he wrote for uh how to live with your parents for the rest of your life oh yeah yeah and Claudia got, now, yeah. yeah and jonathan schmock was mm-hmm. and then that got canceled and it seemed like it was a really good fun it's almost probably like leaving like when you leave your hometown yeah you know because you're losing and you'll keep in touch but it's not like you're not yeah you it's, seem every day it's different it is and 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 it was yeah it's just it was a lot of weird i don't think lifetime knew what to do with a comedy and it was a little bit frustrating because there was between me uh tisha campbell and nicole sullivan there was sort of so much comedy experience oh yeah there. God, it's yeah they're all and we're sort of looking at lifetime like what are you doing that's, that's so crazy when it happens so then you end up doing uh, it's always sunny in philadelphia a few times yeah yeah those guys are awesome now right? did you have to audition or did they know of you or how that the, happened? the first time i auditioned for it um, okay. i think they auditioned everybody those guys um but talk about humble and wonderful human beings those guys are awesome just great great guys um and yeah they just they said they always wanted to bring me back they just couldn't sort of find a way to to do it and i'll work for them any day of the week any day of the week they're just great so you did that you did a few episodes of that, and then now Wendell we talked about Wendell Vinny, Wendell how, did, Vinny? how did that come along did they how did, did you have to audition for that or did someone know you or I did have to read for that it kind of made me smile um, because you know playing opposite Nicole Sullivan who I just did two years with on a right. TV show but that's how it works I mean you know and again this is what you learn like if it was ten years prior I'd go no way I'm not yeah. but you know you suck it up and you go I'm going in because I'm not getting this job if I don't Right. Well, Mark Valley said that too. He'll 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 he still yeah, reads and other because he says a lot of times it's also you do it because you don't want to sit there and put the time in if it's going to suck. Absolutely. So, but I will go. I'll read. You want me to read? I'll read. I have nothing to hide. I'm good. I'll show you. I'm good. If so, I'm not right, I'm not right. So now, Wendell Vinny, now is you were on a few episodes. No, just one. Just okay. one. Yeah. And now was that now? Did you enjoy doing a kid? It's because it's a younger audience. Did you enjoy that or? Yeah, I mean, I. Watching uh, Jerry Trainer was pretty awesome, man. He's uh, he's really talented. He's a really talented guy, right? Um, I just liked it because they're smart. They're really smart writers. They have great writers. They have great writers, and to me, that's it's just I'm I'm happy if the writing's smart. I, I'm happy. I mean, you have Scrovan who wrote for Seinfeld. Everyone loves yeah, Raymond, yeah. and like, and so they write for adult. And I, it must be cool. So, um, all right, we have about five minutes left now. Now, what? what I'll keep, well, I, no, what's uh, I, so bit, I can only do an hour. <laughs> what? Um, what's in the future for you? Are you, are you? are you? Are you probably more relaxed now? And you're probably going okay. You're, you're going to act because you're, you're you're going to get work because you're good. Yeah, I hope. I mean, that's what that's literally what you said is what I have to tell myself every day. You know, um, 
you just you never know you 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 get uh, an email and your life can change the next day you go in you read your your life can change now you were in canada weren't you i was i just did a, a small movie of the week up there and uh that was for for a month but it's you know it's like things like that like i i didn't have to read for that but um things come along that keep you going um none of them are like a series which is sort of the lottery right. part of this but this whole business is you know you got to remember being in my position or anybody who's out there is in the creative field is it you're always sort of in some sort of uh state of grieving i know it sounds weird and everybody <laughs> sort of goes through this life you're always either depressed you're bargaining you're in acceptance denial or you're angry and you cycle through them you're constantly cycling through them in this in this particular position that you are as an actor and it's just important to know what sort of state you're in right at the time just try to move forward always move forward and that's that's what i'm doing now i just finished work so i can't complain right i mean i was now i was on the plane i'm like all right well now i'm out of work now on the plane so it you know it never lasts but yeah i mean it's summer is a slow time so it's a good time to always sort of take a breath and and, yeah, and and hope for the best. And now, do you ever go back to visit the people at Cherokee? Not in particular Cherokee. I go back there to visit family. My whole family's back there. Do you, do you enjoy when you go back? Because it's changed so much. I do. I do. I do. I do. There's, there's things that I miss, and there's things that I don't miss. Uh, no one walks in Marlton. Like, my girlfriend lives in the complex, and I walk. When she's at work, I'll walk up to the shop right. <laughs> and... I always think people are looking at me like, is this guy homeless? But I'm sitting there going, I'm like, well, wait, I'm wearing, I'm wearing Ray-Ban prescription sunglasses. I can't be homeless. You know, like, it's like, you never see him walking when you walk through. You're like, look at you. Like, and I'm like, in LA, it's like, I'm like I told my girlfriend, I said, just walk across. Because you just can't walk across the street here, Steve. They'll hit you. It's not like LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I almost got hit by a car the first time uh, after three years of, of, of being here and going back to, to Marlton. I remember walking through a parking lot and almost being hit by a car because you get so used to people stopping for you. There's, you know, like I said, there are things that are so great there. Um, and there are things that are really great here. Right. Uh, they're just the weather. <laughs> weather. But they're, they're just different. So there's, um, there are things that I miss and things that I enjoy going back so when's the movie of the week come out do you know I have no idea okay next year you, okay so at some so point. now are you on Twitter or anything or do you tweet? I don't do Twitter no well you gotta start on Twitter no I want nothing to, I, I couldn't take the barrage of sort of lamb lasting people saying mean things I have no my filter my filter would get me in trouble because I have none, but I just, I, my skin isn't tough enough for okay. it. Okay. I, 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 that always, I mean, I, I, I tweet just to put jokes up. Like I, when people say they don't read stuff about them, like I really do not read anything about me because I did it and it hurts and people are jerks. Well, I mean, they're in an invisible anonymous echo chamber. I know, chamber. but still, though, it's like, it's like yeah, they're just it's, horrific people. Sometimes people they're just. <laughs> anyway, do you have a website or anything, or how can people I have, get in touch with you? I mean, uh, you can. I can give everyone my cell phone. Oh yeah, that would be weird. They, yeah, that'd, that'd be very weird. Uh, no, they can catch me on Facebook. That's about I, all I well, got. <laughs> Chuck, I want to thank you for coming on. It was great. No, to have thank you. you. No, I we, want to we, come we, back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we were going back and forth, and uh, I want to thank you. People, check him out. You know, he's a very funny guy. Uh, 
Follow him on Facebook, Richard Rucolo. Rucolo. There you go. People, follow me at Twitter, at Cooper Talk. Also, send me an email, cooper at indie100.com. I have about 150 past episodes on www.coopertalk.net. Uh, June 19th, I'll be at the Parks Casino in Ben Salem on the Joe Conklin Show. Every Thursday night at midnight, I call into the Big Daddy Graham Show in Philadelphia, w- 94WIP Sports Radio. And yeah, just uh, go to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Cooper Talk one word so you can listen to my show on your cell phone. Keep listening. I'll keep bringing the guests. You guys, you know, you made me, you make me happy. So, anyway, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Hit me up at Cooper Talk on Twitter. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.